Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Previously on The End of Time and Other Bothers. This is where I will make my final stand. Give my love to Ananka and may the Nexus prevail. Ananka? Yes, it is me. Am I dreaming? Krishkano, you are safe in my hut. You see a hut come over the dune, walking awkwardly on four chicken legs. If there's one thing you can trust today, it is my house. It is Kura. Ananka! What is it, Moira? I know about Greg. That was supposed to be a one-way trip. Krishka, Greg, oh my god, where did you go? Moira is building another bomb. It's why I crossed over and told the Shattering. She's using the three that you had me get. Moira! We are at war. The Shattering has moved against us, as has my sister. What'd you hear, Snagle? Did you have unleashed the Shattering and destroyed everyone? Snagle come up with plan to take back the Shattering. Snagle been very busy building the Blood Caravan. Who else can we trust? There's no one but you and me and... And your other sister. Of course. Maybe it's time we bridge that separation. No better time than now. We're racing over water, ocean, as far as the eye can see, but an island approaches. We are in the western reaches. Water laps at us as we rise and fall just above the waves, moving as fast as a bird. And we lift up into the air just as we approach the shore, a beautiful shore, which quickly changes into craggy rocks and misty fields. As we come around on a small clearing with a small mound of earth that at first might be mistaken for just a bump in the ground, but as we bank and come closer, we see there are little windows built into the sides and a little wooden door, which opens and out steps a young woman who moves as if older than her age would suggest. Another day, another quiet morning, another moment to wonder what I have done. A cloud moves strangely in her vision above as she stares up out of the clearing gathering, growing darker, a portent, an omen, or perhaps just an aberration. Sisters, what have you done? Rain begins to fall, and yet there is no cloud directly overhead. The door slams shut on the hut. Okay, um, okay, 
calm down, calm down, calm down. You left. Everything was fine. <laughs> and uncle was taking care of it. Everything's fine. Just, where's where? Well, I'll, just, I'll run some water. I'll run some water. I'll just, I'll just check. I'll just check on them to make sure everything's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You did the right thing. You did the right thing. You did the right thing. Okay. Um, As Tekmar steps forward towards the hut, a tremor runs through the ground beneath her feet. And suddenly, in a blinding flash of light, the windows of the hut bulge outwards, strangely, and then collapse inward in an explosion that is more felt than heard, glass billowing inwards in the hut, and the door cracking open and wood splinters flying inside as the hut implodes on itself, but is still standing. Oh no, it's come, it's already come. How has it found me? The End of Time and Other Bothers, an improvised fantasy role-playing game set in the world of Alba Salix. Your game master is Sean Howard, with special guests Christy Bolton and Maggie Makar. Episode 29, Nobody's Side. Out of the corner of Tekmar's eye, she sees that there is something on the little table that is somehow untouched in all the disaster that is inside that hut. Even from outside, she can see something gleaming on the little table she had in the center of the hut. What? And she walks towards the window as close as she can so that... What was the window? What was the window? Um, trying to peek in without touching what's inside because she feels the, mm-hmm. the energy. Mm-hmm. She feels that moment. And she's trying to decipher what she's seeing. It's looking into a hurricane that everything was pulled in towards the table trails of glass and wood and anything that was out and loose all pulled in as if towards a great weight and sitting on the table is a piece of paper and something gleams in the light that you can't quite make out but it's not moving she takes a deep breath and takes the risk to go inside moving through the splinters of the door She walks across glass, crunching underneath her shoes, approaches the table where a key lies, a key she may have heard about or not, a very strange-looking blue metallic key, and it is sitting on a piece of parchment. What's this? Oh, great sage Tecmor. I jest, sister. Read on. I am writing this on my first day of taking office. There's a protocol, a a way to keep the Nexus safe in the event of... 
Well, perhaps this will never find its way to you. I can hear you harumphing, <laughs> as you no doubt wish to be left alone, but you are also the only one who will be able to know what to do with this and not be tempted by the power it contains, Moira. If this finds you, I am gone. And while we may not be friends, we remain sisters even past the veil. Moira. Sister, what have you done? What have you done? The key is quite large, a giant skeleton key, gleaming blue and almost iridescent. And Tekmar takes a pair of gloves out from her cloak, slips them on her hands, and reaches down trepidatiously to pick up the key. The gloves don't help. The second Tekmar touches the key, even with her gloved hands, an energy shoots through her entire body. Ah! It is a feeling that has not been felt in so long, and it is all Nexus. There's another item in your hut, hidden, locked away, that has the same energy. You feel it calling, reaching out to you. What is it? I don't want this. I didn't want this. I never wanted this. And she moves to around the hut. She moves until she gets to a board in the ground by a, what used to be the bed. And she lifts up the board, and underneath she grabs a glowing gold key and holds it in her hand. And it's on a cord, so she puts it around her neck, a tear falling down her cheek, because she knows what this means. And suddenly, an electrical arc comes out of the two keys and forms a circle in the air just in front of Tekmar, a portal to another place, small, faint, and it takes a while to get any clarity, but it's wooden, but orange, lots of orange, and there's someone or something moving around, rummaging, digging, who does not appear to realize you are watching. She looks, tilts her head, and whispers, Ananka? Huh? Ananka? Where's Ananka? Oh! Oh, who are you? Oh, you're definitely not my sister. An imp face comes through the portal, <laughs> cocking its head, and sort of inches from your face. Oh, 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 you smell like a nunca? Well, uh, you, you don't. You don't smell like a nunca. Oh, no. Sneggle no smell like a nunca. Sorry, Sneggle? Oh, yes. Is that a sound you make? Oh, yes. Sneggle, your servant. Oh, great one. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't think I'm anyone's great one. Who are you? Sneggle? What's a snaggle? Snaggle is snaggle. Right. Well, uh, I'm sorry. I think I already know the answer to this question, but huh? um, where are you? Oh, I'm in my caravan. I'm, <laughs> I'm building a caravan for Blatt. Okay, Blatt. Um, sure. Is that another sound that you make? 
Oh, yes. Oh, we make lots of sounds together. We sing the friend song. Oh, the friend song. Oh, right. Okay. Forever. That's all right. Oh, okay. That's, Sorry. Um, uh, Snaggle. Um, yes. Have you seen my sister Moira? Maybe. Do you know where she is? Is she all right? Maybe. Why do you keep saying maybe? Do you actually know? Um, uh, no. Nope, haven't seen her. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> then why would the portal show me you? Um, uh, she's not behind the door I'm standing in front of at all. What? Nothing. Nothing to see. <laughs> nice meeting you. You're a strange creature. Why don't you step away from that door then? Why don't you open it for me? Um... Um, I don't know if I should, um, okay, 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 don't look at me, okay, wow, you really do look like your sister, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, here, um, and so Snagle steps aside, and you can't quite see, but a, something passes, like a door that's too big to fit in the screen, and it takes a second, but you see somebody squirming in a chair in the darkness who appears to be gagged. Moira, my God, what's going on? Mm, mm. Well, obviously you can't answer. Mm. <laughs> and then the door is closed. Haven't seen her. What? That was just her. What? What's going on over there? Are you breaking up? I am not. This is a portal. Stop making those noises. Breaking up. I can't see you. Bye. And the form scurries away and the portal is just staring at wood. And Tekmar cautiously puts her hand out towards the portal to see if she can put her hand through. And it all dissipates. Uh, God, what is going on? I need the other key. Moira, we might not have been friends, but I'm not going to leave you to that fate. Looks like I'll have to come out of hiding after all. That's when you notice how dark it is for midday. That's strange. And Tekmar, again, avoiding the chaos that is the center of her hut, moves around to the splinters of the door and cautiously tries to get her way out and looks up at the sky to see the swirling darkness and her stomach just drops out of her. The hut is rocking and rolling on the waves as the chicken flaps and paddles madly into the sea. And we see Ananka sitting and knitting something and we hear the sounds from the kitchen of Greg the Minotaur, who seems to be preparing lunch. Grishka, are you making borscht again? Yeah, but of course. Thank you, I appreciate it. I like to throw you off sometimes, make it, you know, make it exciting, make you feel a little like, oh, Ananka's angry again, you're making borscht. It's only my favorite thing. Potato borscht, of course. Of course, of, of course. course. Ah, 
I'm... I, I know where we've been stuck in this small room together for so long. I just wanted to give you some space. You know, all this is making me realize how thankful I am that we are even in the same room. Hmm. And while normally I would get a little bit annoyed, <laughs> I'm quite thankful for this time and the me fact that we can be together like this, Grishka. Me too. Though, the rocking is a little much to get used to. Uh, yes, uh, Kure is not quite really made for... Yes, yes, she's not made for swimming. Uh, yes, be, be calm. Calm. We are almost there, I promise. Your sister is, is really far away this time. Yes, she likes to hide. Since we were children, yeah. likes to play hide and seek. <laughs> Always hiding under the covers, hiding in the pantry, wherever she can hide. I know it's been so long since you've seen her. It has been a very long time. You've never told me what happened. I just, I sense you're not comfortable with it. Well, for all we know, everything could end tomorrow. So it's true. no better time to get comfortable, I suppose. When Dagmar was born, she was born with the mark. I love uh, your mark. It's beautiful. <laughs> Grishka. <I'm sorry. laughs> Later. Okay. Okay. It was different than my mark. The mark is ingrained with a purpose. There is a purpose that only Tekmar can fulfill. It carries with it a huge weight of sacrifice. It is not like a in case of emergency break glass type situation. It is in case of emergency, someone must die. I understand why she runs from it then. I don't think she is a coward. It is not a cowardly thing. It's a self-preservation. Yeah. I faced death and I ran. And I don't want this purpose of hers to be fulfilled, if I'm honest, Grishka. I know. You saved me when I ran. Maybe you can save her. That is the hope. Uh, that is why I'm knitting this cloak for her. <laughs> well, I hope she's not too upset to see us. I imagine she may be a, maybe a little bit put out, but perhaps a little bit of happiness may be hidden there. Maybe I'll stay inside when you meet. It, it might be best at first, yes. <laughs> if she's anything like Moira. She's a handful, no. but she is rather lovely. <laughs> <laughs> You're all handfuls. What kind of handfuls are we talking about? <laughs> Let me put the soup on simmer. Oh. <laughs> yeah, gross. <laughs> My sister. Disgusting. <laughs> the clouds have expanded to cover the entire sky. A single island on the seas of the western reaches is shrouded in black, inky darkness. Tekmar stands in the small clearing outside what's left of her hut as she senses something changing and moving above her. 
What do you want? It's not time yet. I, I, I don't feel any different. It's, it's not like this. It's, what's, what can I do? What do you want? What can I do? A pair of boots step out from the edge of the trees. <laughs> you see a wasted figure of a man carries his head high in a gray-blue jacket over deep black trousers, quite snazzily dressed, a sharp nose and piercing and cutting gaze. Hmm. Well, you could begin by just giving us the key. <gasps> or should I say, both keys? Who are you? Ah, my apologies, the man says as he steps closer. My name is Dirk von Frampton. At your service. And he bows most eloquently. That name's almost as ridiculous as a little imp I met earlier. Hmm. She's uh, stepping away. Well, I'm not sure of who you speak, but I can say that who I serve will pay you most graciously for both of those keys. I, I don't know what keys you're talking about. Well... We could begin with the one that's around your neck. What? What? No, um, she, like, stuffs it into her shirt and she's just looking around. I, uh, well, that was a little idiotic of me, wasn't it? <laughs> and then we can discuss Moira's key. What? Hmm, did I stutter? I do have a tendency sometimes. I get a little excited. How do you know my sister? Well, I know a lot about your sister, but I don't know very much about you. Hmm, strange that, isn't it? And Tekmar is still stepping back, starting to feel the water on her boots. I, am. Um, I'm not sure that we have much to talk about. I'm not really in a conversational mood right now, to be honest. So maybe if you came back tomorrow, as you can see, my hut is an absolute mess, and I really must, um, be taking the time to clean that. So, um, if you'll excuse me. She starts to move around. Oh, yes. Where might you be going, my dear? Um, You're in the middle of the western reaches on an island with nothing in sight. <laughs> yes, um, and how did you uh, find me? <laughs> I answer the call. Whose call? Oh, you might know him as the beast or the shattering. How did you find me? Well, you are holding both keys of the Nexus. Two of the three, I believe. It's not very hard to follow those, you know. The Nexus is done. You have lost. Drop the keys. It is over. I'm not on anyone's side, okay? I I ran. I didn't want any of this, okay? I don't... I... I, I why can't you just leave me be? I'm not going to do anything. Just let me be. Perfectly understandable. Perhaps if we had a spot of tea and a table appears, beautifully set with the three tiered trays and a tea set filled with goodies. And he beckons. Come, perhaps just a little snack, clear the air. There's no reason to take any sides here. If I know anything about magic, it's that you can't conjure food or drink out of thin air, so this seems unnatural to me, and I just don't trust you, and I'm not going to be sitting at any table. Right then. I have attempted to be pleasant, to be gracious, to be a good host, 
visiting someone who clearly cannot provide such things right now. So you had best just drop the keys, and I'll be out of your hair. And if I don't? Then I will enjoy devouring you. <laughs> right. Don't even think of trying something, little girl. I am older than you. You think so? I know so. Well, I'm just reaching to get the key. No good. funny business. Very good. And as Tekmar reaches to grab the key, she places her hand on her chest, flat, and casts invisibility. And Reed cast a spell. All right, cast a spell. When you release a spell you prepared, uh, you've prepared, roll intelligence. Okay. On a 10 plus, the spell is successfully cast and you may cast the spell again later. On a seven to nine, the spell is cast, but choose one. Nine plus three. 12. Your ears pop and nothing seems to have changed. So you have a moment of, and then you see his face contort into this horrific snarl. <sighs> oh, you think you're pretty smart, don't you? But I sense you are still here. So allow me to respond in kind. And he raises his hands up to the sky and you see what you thought was a cloud up above begin to move as a swarm of flying little things begin to swirl tighter and tighter, coming down and down towards where you are both standing. And as it gets closer, you see it is hard to fathom, but it's as if there are hundreds of flying scorpions glinting almost iridescently in what little light there is. A swarm is heading towards you. What do you do? Well... Since she's been getting close to the water, she just goes into the water without a blip. Just goes right underneath. I believe you are invisible, but you still have mass. I do, but she's been going further and further into the water. Okay. Um, so she's just going to just swim. Just try to, like, so that nobody can see. Because he's so focused, hopefully, on okay. the swarm. Okay, so roll defy danger. That's what it's for. Uh, eight. Do I have anything plus? Dex. My dex? So nine. Okay, so that is a partial success. He stands there, his arms outstretched, and the swarm is swirling in wider and wider circles, filling up the entire island, searching and searching for you. And you hear him laughing. You have to come back sometime, little girl. And you are afloat in the ocean, in the nearest island of your perfectly secluded place it is probably too far to swim. Okay. <laughs> and you hear a buzzing. It gets close and then goes away. It gets close and goes away. Now, while you are casting invisibility, you can't cast another spell. That's the whole idea, right? Mm -hmm. so, so as long as you maintain that focus, you stay invisible. Mm-hmm. If you cast something else, you'll have to drop invisibility. Okay. So, Tekmar keeping her 
nose just above water, slowly treads around the island, checking to see if there's any places where the bugs have checked and have since disbanded. There, there's like a swarm, so there's places, yeah, that it's not currently there, yes. Mm-hmm. Bushes and rocky outcroppings. And, like, mm-hmm. you know the island well. Yeah. So she just makes her way and then comes to a small area that also appears to be clear. But Tekmar is not a dummy. She's placed a trap underneath a bush that she then lifts looking around and quietly goes into a bunker that she's made for herself Okay. under the ground and closes the top. It's the beginning of the middle of the end of time and other fathers. Hi, everyone. It's Eli here. Sean is off at Podcast Movement, living it up and uh, hobnobbing with all kinds of awesome folks from the audio fiction community. I'm back here putting the finishing touches on this here episode. And uh, I guess the big news for me this week is that I GM'd my first game. It was super fun. Uh, It was very stressful. There's a whole lot going on. I'm not very good at it yet, but I'm so keen to uh, try it again. Uh, the game we were playing is Impulse Drive. If you're into Firefly or Killjoys or anything like that, it's it's uh, right up your alley. It's powered by the apocalypse, so the mechanics will be very familiar to you if you've followed our show here. All of which brings me in kind of a roundabout fashion to the show I want to talk about this week, which is called Merely Role Players. Uh, it's produced by the Blackshaw Theatre Company. The cast and crew uh, just do this actual play podcast on the side, which is uh, a lot of fun. They do a different system every season. And uh, as far as I know, they are the first podcast to do a whole actual play adventure in Impulse Drive. So that that got my attention right away. But they they do all kinds of other stuff. Like the latest season, they're Sky Pirates. They've done ones where they're a struggling theater company here on Earth. It's really a ton of fun. And you should check it out. It is merely role players. Look them up wherever you find your podcasts. Anyways, that's enough out of me. Let's get back to the show. Stupid, magical people. It's a perfectly good building and it gets disappeared for some reason. Now I gotta guard it. Oh, hello, Mr. Security Guard. Oh, you're back. Um, yeah, uh, I just brought you something special in this basket <laughs> just for you. Really? Uh, just for me? Just don't open it while I'm here. No, don't. Oh, oh. Uh, ah! oh it's a lovely sandwich. Oh, it I- is? Don't know why this was so dramatic. Oh, oh! Well, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> so, so why do you keep showing up here? This building disappeared weeks ago. Why, why do you keep coming? Oh, I just, uh, you know, just looking for doors. I mean, looking for interesting new ways of seeing the world. <laughs> through, through doors? You, well, yeah, every door you open is a new journey. <laughs> I see. So it's a metaphor. Yeah, I just, you know, if you see me maybe taking a couple doors that were, you know, discarded, that's no big deal, right? Well, it's not so much discarded as the 
building vanished and there's just refuse everywhere, but hey, you keep plying me with sandwiches, I'll look the other way. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I'm just gonna go over here to this very strange shiny door. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, oh, yeah. You're not using this so you could travel to different time or dimensions or space or anything. Oh, no, 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 I'm just building a caravan. Oh, thank God. Yeah, my boss specifically told me, like, uh, you know, make sure that nobody uses the remains of oh. the magical building to do something nefarious. Oh, yeah, no, no, I'm just going to put them in a caravan, <laughs> you know, and uh, paint them. Ah, that seems fine. Ooh, this has extra lettuce. Oh, okay. Uh, you enjoy the sandwich. I'll be right over here by this. Oh, shiny. If you also would like to trade sandwiches for magical items, go to otherbothers.com or hit up our Discord, where maybe you, for the right piece of kale, could get a magical item that changes your life. Excuse me, Mr. Guard! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This door sort of is attacking me! They'll do that. It's morning, and Ananka and Greg wake up slowly, curled up against each other in a little bed, and there's a change. Having been on the water for so long, you can instantly know the waves are changing in tempo. There's a distant sound of seagulls and a strange buzzing sound. Do you hear that? Hmm? I thought I was dreaming it. No. Greg is up in a flash, rolling forward and getting dressed. You're right. Something's wrong. We are getting closer now to Tegmar. Um, something must be wrong. Someone must have reached her before, before we did. Greg is already pulling the crossbow and cocking it and... Mm-hmm reaching over and pulling out your bone staff and handing it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ananka gets dressed because they were sleeping in not a very dressed state. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, directs the hut to slowly prepare for uh, getting out of the water and onto land as they are nearing their destination. The hut refuses. Gura, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Why do you resist me? The buzzing sound is growing louder. Ananka senses the fear all throughout the hut. It's literally, the hut is shaking. Get yourself together. This is not the time to be scared. This is the time to be brave. Are you brave? You can be braver than that. I don't want to be the one to have to put a spell on you because I know, I know you can be brave. Gura. Do you remember how Tekmar used to paint your walls the beautiful, beautiful blue? 
We owe it to Tegmar. Okay. And the hut lurches forward and takes to the air and you hear a pattering of things striking the side as if thousands of bugs are hitting the side loudly of the hut and the buzzing is growing louder and Greg is gesturing at the window. Ananka, it's... This is strange. There's some kind of swarm. It's... It looks like a scorpion! Worse than that, flying scorpions. Huh! Okay, uh... Ananka uh, reaches around the hut to see if there's anything she can do. Um, I think we have to take the hut in and get out fast and... Okay, we just have to move quicker. Otherwise, they will... They will surround us. They will attack us. They will get inside. And we are done for. Um, yeah. Okay. So, hurry up, Gora! Tekmar is shivering in the bunker she hoped to never have used. No light coming in from the cracks of the trapdoor. Unsure, though, if that's because of her workmanship or the lack of any light outside. And she hears footsteps approaching. And then a tapping on the ground. Tap, tap. And then a tap that resounds on wood. Oh, there you are. Not very hard to track you. Are you going to come up or should I come down into the darkness? And Tekmar quietly lets go of her invisibility and summons a magic missile just hovering above her finger as she shakes with fear, pointing it at the door. Okay. And there's a strange sound. The buzzing is quite scary and and the tapping of a foot. (laughs) But there's a chicken sound. A screaming, incoming chicken, and you almost hear Von Frampton turning on the ground above. What the, What is that? A... And you hear... As the chicken hut comes screaming into a crash landing, trying to buckle its legs, hitting so hard, parts of the wooden frame flying off and out of the door, unbeknownst to Tekmar, leap Ananka and Greg the Minotaur. And they um, are getting their bearings, um, trying to just see what's happening around them. And, And she notices Derek. A tall, wasted figure of a man stands, at first a little shocked, and then you know, adjusts his jacket. Ah, yes. 
Hmm, did not expect you so soon. The other sister. I beg your pardon, but it is I who has the sight. You cannot expect anything. It is I who knows what will happen. Oh, and how has that sight been working for you, Ananka? No complaints. Greg is lifting his crossbow and stepping forward, raising it directly in the direction of the gentleman. And now you will prepare to die. Ah, so you are just going to attack an unarmed man who is just here on an island. Hmm. And you hear from below, Perhaps instead, Ananka, maybe we should have a good reunion and unite you and your sister who is currently hiding in this little bunker she built below my feet. If she is down there, she is down there for a reason. Ah, yes. I suspect that reason is you. And if she feels safer down there, that is where she will stay. You and I may have a chat. Oh, I'm afraid not. But you may have a chat with my little friends. Enjoy. And Darren Von Frapton collapses into dust in front of you. And the swarm buzzing gets louder as you see it begin to spin around the island and head from every direction, tendrils of it flying towards your little clearing. Okay. And... (laughs) Okay. So, I have never tried this before. Through death size. Through death size? Through death size. I want these... Scorpions to die. <laughs> I want them to die. Okay, read through Death's eyes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when you go into battle, roll plus whiz. On a 10 plus, name someone who will live and someone who will die. On a 7 to 9, name someone who will live or someone who will die. Name NPCs, not player characters. The GM will make your vision come true if it's even remotely possible. On a 6, you see your own death and consequently take minus one ongoing throughout the battle. Okay be a really great way to get rid of an entire swarm of flying scorpions. Alright, well I'm not 100% sure that they're alive, right? They're they're part of the shattering, sort of an extension. But... <laughs> uh, let's roll 2d6 plus wisdom. Your wisdom bonus is... Uh, ba, 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 plus 2. two. Okay. Roll 2d6. Seven. Oh god. Oh. That's a 5. That's a 5. Plus two. Plus two is a seven. Plus two is a seven. So on a seven to nine, name someone who will live or someone who will die. So who do you want to die or live? I would like this entire swarm of killer insane scorpions to die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tekmar, you are downstairs. You hear muffled sounds, yelling, and then you hear the swarm increasing. And you hear shouts and you hear uh, like a very large creature running right over your where you're hiding above you and then silence nothing's moving up above you okay Tecmo just go just go get out get out you have to do something you can't just stay here you have to do something come on come on come on you can do this just get outside just go Tegmar? Tegmar, are you in there? Ananka? It's me, it's safe. Oh my, Ananka! She runs up and pushes the trapdoor open and, you know, covers her eyes because the darkness has suddenly receded and she sees her sister for the first time and just 
lunges at her as a hug. Hegma. Oh my god, Anonka. I'm so happy to see you. I thought I was done. No, no, little sister, you're okay, you're all right. And then Tekmar pushes back and goes, How the hell did you find me? I, well, I, I still have, a, you know, a little bit of a sense of where you hide, where you like to hide, always in the spots that are furthest away and beside the waters. A giant of a man, half minotaur, half man, oh. is approaching with a massive heavy-duty crossbow fully pulled back with two bolts in it and is walking towards you shirtless. And that magic missile that I had ready, I point my finger at him. <laughs> Get back, Anonka! It's a beast! Tekmar, no, 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 Tekmar. This is, this is my Grishka. Uh, it's a very long story, but he's here to help. He's on our side. Please, please put away your weapon. I'll explain everything. Why isn't he wearing a shirt? Uh, yeah, that's kind of his thing. <laughs> we were... Otherwise engaged. Oh, gross. I just reunited with my sister. That's literally the first thing you say to me. Mm, she's just definitely your sister. It's disgusting. <laughs> I haven't seen you, what, a millennium, and this is uh, how you greet me? With some shirtless half-demon? Um, uh, yeah, I'll leave you two to reacquaint. Uh, I'm going to scout the area. Okay. I mean, thank you. We cut to afternoon. It's a hot day. There's the buzz in the air of insects. And Ananka and Tekmar are seated at the little table, the last piece of furniture standing, and two chairs that have been half cobbled together inside Tekmar's hut, or what remains of it. Greg is in the kitchen making tea. Tekmar... I'm so, so very happy to be sitting with you right now. When I found out about Moira, I knew you would be uncompromised. I knew you would be the last source, the last pure source of support I could count on. It's a lot of pressure to put on a person. <sighs> Greg walks over with tea and crouches down beside you both. Thank you. Sorry, I was... Sassy to you earlier. No offense taken. Here, have some tea. Thank, Thank you. you. So, we need to find the third key. What do you mean we need to find the third key? Moira's key. No, I have Moira's. What? I have two. Then... I'm sorry, I'm, I meant to tell you in all of the chaos. I, Moira sent me this and, and a note... It appeared in the in the darkness when when the shattering appeared. But that would mean Moira's dead. Well, that's what I thought. But when I when I grabbed my own key, a, a portal appeared, and this small impish thing named Smeagol or Sneeze. Sneeze. Well, you saw Sneagol. Sne yes, yeah, that's the sound he made. Um, yeah, uh, he said he hadn't seen Moira. But then I looked at him and, you know, gave him the look. Uh, yes, you I, know. <laughs> I know it well. And um, he opened a door and I saw Moira tied up and gagged in a room. I was leaving the hut to try and go, I don't know, help. And 
I would just, I was just, the plan was just to run in and run back out, you know, not stay, just help her. And then all of a sudden we were overtaken and I don't know what I would have done if you hadn't come. It doesn't make me less angry, but it I'm means, so grateful. It means, Ananka, you have all three keys. No. It means Ananka has one key and I have two. It means you can reopen the Nexus. What? No! It must be done. You just... You, you two had this daft plan in the first place that ended up with a bomb, as you just decided to tell me. You know that's why I ran. I wasn't going to be a part of this, and now you bring this fight to me? I've been running for so long. You Don't put me in this position. I, nobody needs this. This interference is how all of this began in the first place, with Moira's crazy ideas. It has to stop somewhere. We have to get things back on the right axis. It this isn't about winning. This is about balance. Takmar. You sound just like her. Trust me. I'm not like her. She used me. She used me to build the bomb I told you about. She wanted to win at all costs. She didn't want balance. You think you're the only one who was used? Um, be very surprised if I was. You believed her. You stayed. You chose her. I begged you. I begged you to come with me. I know. I... I just... I didn't want to believe my own sister could be capable of... Something so horrible. And yet here you are, sitting at my ruined hut. Finding me, coming and bringing me back into this. Uh, Tekmar, there comes a time when you have to stop running. It pains me to say it, and I'm very sorry. But you cannot outrun fate or destiny. You think I don't know that? I've had destiny branded onto my skin since before I even knew what it was. It was certainly... I appreciate a very hard burden to carry with you throughout your life. Ananka, the key hidden in the folds inside your cloak burns into your side all of a sudden. <sighs> What's wrong? <sighs> And the world goes dark around you. You are alone in blackness. You are suspended in the blackness as a vision hits you like you have not felt for so long. You feel a hand clutching at you and that's it. As you fall through a portal and a door and another door opens, endless doors flying past and suddenly, you are in a place you have not been in a long time. It is the heart of the Nexus, but it is hurt. You can feel it, the quickened and strained heartbeat as if it's in your soul, the floor though rocking beneath you as if, as if you're in a, a wagon or something. And far above, you hear the three. You hear Blatt shouting and you hear Darcy shouting back and you hear Egerton moving around. 
But that's when you notice in front of you is Tekmar's form, collapsed, not moving, dead for some time, hand outstretched with a death grip on a key that she is reaching out as if to give to the Nexus. And then you are back in the hut. Are you all right? Um, I, I, I just, I felt something. I saw something. Oh, I'll get some birch bark. I'll be back. Nanka, what did you see? Tegmar. It was, there was darkness. I felt the heart of the Nexus beating slowly as if dying. And you were there. You were there and you had the key. And say it. You, you were gone. So that's it then, huh? I had not had this dream since you were born. Well, like you said, there has to come a point when you stop running. to be another way. And Uncle, we've both known this was coming for a long time. You don't have to do it alone. Yes, I know. Well then, I guess it's time to go. At least there'll be someone sexy like Greg walking around with us. <laughs> Do you think he keeps his shirt off all the time? Is that just like a regular? Oh, that's definitely his thing. <laughs> Is this a bad time? Oh, um, how much did you hear? The sad bits or the, the, the uh... I'll, I'll go get Cora ready. Thank you, Grishka. The End of Time and Other Bothers with your game master, Sean Howard, and special guests, Maggie Makar and Christy Bolton. Dialogue editing and transcription by Michael Howie. Additional material and sound design by Eli McElveen. Story consultant, Laura Packer. Game consultant, Stephen Smith. Supporting producers, Ryan Cushman, Evelyn Jones, and Kim Bellinger. If you enjoy the show, check out our Patreon. You can get early access to episodes, weekly bonus content, and join our wonderful fan community on Discord. Look for the Patreon link at otherbothers.com. Uh, come in, Samantha. I might need backup over here. What do you need backup for? It's that stupid little imp. He's back and trying to steal things again. This time he's he said he brought me lunch and then completely forgot to actually give me the lunch. He's a little imp. How can you not handle that? Have we invented radios yet? Iced teas are well documented in this era. My mistake. I just like to talk through my hand. None of us are saying over and that's poor radio nomenclature. However, 
I am frustrated by... Are we going to just start this over now? (laughs) A Fable and Folly production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It happened in the quiet town of Podunk, an ages-old family mystery. What happened with great-grandpa? Why won't you talk about it? Because there's nothing to say, Ninten. Begets an unprecedented paranormal event. Help, brother! Poltergeists. My lamp attacked me. It was hovering the air. It unplugged itself and came at me. Mind control. Why is that crow smoking a cigarette? Okay, we're playing inside today. Zombies. I could have gotten out of here on my own. You were hiding in a coffin. It was a good disguise. Extraterrestrials. You've seen them too? I've been observing them for days. (laughs) I beat up aliens with my baseball bat. Children with psychokinetic powers. I let that little light of mine shine, Mama. And it melted the darkness away. And that's just the beginning. Introducing Mother She Wrote, a travelogue diary through the biggest cult phenomena in video game history, the Mother series, as it's called in Japan, and Earthbound, as it's called everywhere else. Each episode, we recount the story through immersive audio drama as it's lived by the characters, unpacking the surreal adventures, tear-jerking moments, and what it all means. If you're new to the series, we'll take you beyond the controller and into the story. And if you're a longtime fan, relive these tales like never before and learn fascinating new facts about your favorite games. Find Mother She Wrote on your favorite podcast player and at MotherSheWrote.Earth.